Santos's kick is lined up. That kick is good. He got it. Hey, how's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? You're listening to the Our Heads Abroad podcast, the official podcast for the internationally recognised supporters club of the Kansas City Chiefs. You can download the show on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the name Our Heads Abroad. I'm Brad Simcox, and joining me this week is our very own Bafford Division One champion, Dave Barnett of the Manchester Titans. And because Tom has abandoned us and is sunning himself in Spain this week, we've enlisted the help of one of our very special guests and very special friends of the show, Mr. Velvet Voice himself, Ryan Tracy from the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Oh, How's it hello, going? everyone. <laughs> How's it going, man? What about that intro, eh? Oh, well done. <laughs> you got, you've got a lot to live up to now, Ryan. I'm not going to lie. Like... Mr. Velvet Voice himself. I'll do the yeah. best that I can. <laughs> just sound rough on this show just for me will you please I'll, I'll try <laughs> I'll try <laughs> okay well we've uh, we've obviously got a, an, an exciting show this week uh, we'll be chatting briefly about the Chiefs versus the Patriots in the 2017 NFL season opener uh, we'll also be discussing the Smith and Mahomes divide that seems to have built up over the preseason between fans and I'll, I'll include myself in that as well because I actually had a bit of a, a Harley Twitter rant didn't I you had a little little bit of a meltdown <laughs> shall we say Brad yeah. um, plus we'll be finding out about the uh, the vibe what the vibe's like over in the States with Ryan uh, and getting the latest buzz in and around KC um, so yeah I think first things at first we obviously have to get out the way that uh, Dave yeah Manchester Titans yes what the hell happened we won again, again. <laughs> you won yeah um, hey Ryan doesn't know I play football so he doesn't I, does he no, oh, he I've never yeah. heard it before in my life no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah I won another game we're champions now so yay well done it was a bit of north and south divide, really, because um, obviously Dave played for the Manchester, Manchester versus Titans. London. Yeah, and you spanked them, and we backed them. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely backed them. Yeah, we were 40, 46 seven up in the third quarter, and then eased up a little bit. But yeah, it was uh, it was nice. And you got was... a nice gold medal to go with it as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's... Just, just to the left of me right now. I Are you looking at it, it now? I thought you'd be wearing it. I can see it. No, no, no. That that novelty wore off after a few <laughs> days. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, it was fun while it lasted. Excellent. Um, Ryan, have you been winning anything lately? What have you been uh, up to? I do my best to win something every day. <laughs> Winning at life. Is that what yeah, it is? That may be a coin flip. It may be just making my coffee correctly. I have no idea. But something's <laughs> going to win every day. <laughs> Excellent. Oh well, um, I'm not going to say what I've been doing. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been trying to sort out or help Tom with the uh, the Twitter and everything on uh, on the Arrowheads abroad. Um, so I've my life pretty much has been Chiefs and social media at the moment. I mean, that doesn't sound terrible. I'm no, no, well, no. I suppose. I suppose. Talk Chiefs all the time. It can't be. <laughs> can't be too bad. I haven't even. I haven't even been able to do a video on maybe uh, my YouTube yet. But uh, I will be sorting that out at some point. Anyway, let's crack on with it because I'm rabbiting on a bit here. So uh, let's crack on with the Chiefs update. 
Uh, we now have our 53-man roster. Uh, we're a bit late on this because uh, when was the last podcast? About two weeks ago, was it? Um, any surprises in there for you guys? Um, we'll start with Dave. What's Is there any surprises in there that you thought, yeah, there could have been some players that have been nailed on um, there? I think the Escobar one probably surprised me the most because I thought he'd done enough to make the roster. Um, obviously, the Spiller one was surprising at the time, but then... It all turned out that he was on the roster anyway after that. So, yeah, um, nothing nothing major, I don't think. Um, obviously, with a couple of trades that we made uh, in the last week or so, a couple of the people missed out. Uh, Malgo obviously getting cut as soon as we traded for Ragland, and then um, obviously Jar Reed got cut once we traded for Irving. So, yeah, I don't think there's any massive massive surprises but yeah i'd probably say escobar because he made a few nice grabs and it looked like he'd had a pretty decent camp a lot of us thought we were going to roll with four tight ends going into the season so yeah probably that was the most surprising one i don't know that they're done adding to the tight end group you know they may come back with somebody farther down the line but i I agree with you i I would like to see four i kind of expected that for me the spiller one in talking to folks that have access to the team and everything it's really one of those veteran maneuvers uh that played out they spoke to him beforehand knowing that hey we want to bring you back but we've got to do this rigmarole knowing what we need to accomplish with some of our injuries one in particular that I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit and so it's just it's just nice to see the team have uh, the confidence and the relationship with a guy who hasn't been with them that long to go ahead and put him out in the wind for a bit with the understanding that they want to bring him back Uh, and and that's a lot of faith on both sides of that transaction I think that's very uh, positive in, in the way that the overall team structure is going but it's a very me, risky uh, strategy wasn't it it was it was because there's always you can always get a better offer especially for a veteran who's got time <laughs> yeah. in you know and, and uh, dollar signs uh, or quid i guess you call it uh, are always attractive right quit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like how you drop that in <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying my best <laughs> but i tell you the biggest surprise for me is who ended up on the roster uh, and that in the person of, of Terrence Smith, the inside linebacker group has been one that we've been looking at for so long in terms of its deficiencies. Uh, and now they've gotten to the point where the athleticism of that group and the ability to run and chase and cover in particular uh, is something that the staff likes so much that you see it being uh, a position group that they want to hold on to for trade value, for uh, maneuverability, trying to get a roster set, a practice squad set, and then maybe having to do something. So um, I'm very interested to see how that goes along in the progression of that inside linebacker group. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously, especially with the Raglan trade, I think that was probably what made it a little bit more surprising because it just didn't look like there was space there. Now, obviously, I know we have a couple of injuries, but that's more at the outside linebacker spot. So I'll be interested to see if they are dangling possibly one of the guys out there to see if there's any noise being made elsewhere. As I, Because there are a couple of positions that we do look a little thin on the ground at at the minute. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Veach has been really active, hasn't he? Um, I mean, quite an aggressive few moves that he's been doing recently. Is he? Is he still not finished, do you think? There's, there's always movement after the first week of the season because you have vested veterans that are still floating out there that their guaranteed contracts would have kicked in were they on the roster week one. But post-week one, 
that's not the case. So you get this flurry of adding some touches here and there to a lot of different rosters, and that requires the ability to obviously let someone go as well. Uh, and then maybe folks who are looking to sign someone that they're not able to accomplish, then you're looking at maybe a, a small trade possibility. What I like that we've seen quite a bit more than you normally would is these these late trades that Veach has been very prominent in, but mm. they're going on across the league for uh, prospective players that maybe aren't performing what their original team thought they were, and they're going to take a, a low-round draft pick in order to get out of that uh, and still have something to go look for towards another draft down the line. And I wouldn't expect that those are all complete yet. No, and I mean, especially, like, obviously we're in a much different position than we were a few years ago where we were trying to accumulate picks to strengthen the bottom end of the roster now. Um, obviously it's not as big of an issue you know what was it It was something like 43 of the 53 man roster were on the team last year um which is rare in the nfl you don't get that sort of level of continuity very often which obviously shows that the coaching staff and backroom staff have got a lot of faith in the guys that are here but it also shows that yeah we do have a strong roster so if we can acquire a high upside underperforming type of player especially irving for me I mean, you see, the thing is, it's so hard to judge a guy in Cleveland because you see so many, <laughs> so many, you know, there's so many players in, you know, high draft picks in Cleveland and so many guys that just do nothing there. And then you ne- you never quite know just because of how poorly that team has been run, um, whether a guy actually still has got anything. And obviously with Irving as well, they were trying to play him at guard. Obviously played the majority of his college career at tackle, slid into center for a little bit due to injury. Veach has seen something he likes from him playing at tackle now, but obviously he's the swing guy. Um, so, yeah, certainly, again, Re- Reggie Ragland's another one. I was going to say, yeah, he's, he was playing in, pretty much in a different system, really, wasn't he? Well, I say he was, he was drafted for Rex Ryan's system, blew his knee out last year, and then new defensive system. So yeah, he was just the odd man out there. So again, it it's one of those we we see what we've got. We're not giving up too much to get him in. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, as I say, it's hopefully you can get something out of these guys. Yeah. Well, let's let's obviously talk about the the injuries as well because uh, Spiller was cut, then he got re-signed again, which we obviously touched on before. But uh, it was all down to Nelson's injury, wasn't it? Which uh, you don't seem happy about, Dave. No, I'm sad. I like Stevie Nelson a lot. Um, yeah, you've been talking a lot about him on the uh, podcast, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, he was one of those, like, when he his first year, you know, there was obviously a fair bit of acclimatization needed for him to get him up to speed in the NFL. He didn't really play a lot in his first year. Um, but last year especially, he was, I thought, uh, extremely, extremely good. Um, you know, when we had the trio of Peters, Mitchell and Nelson on the field last year, you know, and obviously combine that with, with the safeties we have on this team. It had more confidence, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, a, you know, a really f- formidable, you know, back six you've, you've got there. So I'm really disappointed because I thought, as I say, he'd made big strides last year and he was possibly uh, in line for a big year this year. Ryan, uh, are you... Surprised that uh, Veach hasn't really gone for a signing of a cornerback. 
you know, it's one of the things that I've been kind of waiting for. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. I would have liked to seen them try to trade for one because you're not going to find someone that's going to be better than, you know, your gains. And, and even some of the guys down the depth chart, like, white, you're not going to find those guys on the scrap heap. Uh, corners are gold, and, and teams covet and keep them as long as they possibly can. So I was really hoping for some kind of, of trade for uh, a mid-round kind of guy that has outplayed his draft position uh, so that you're not looking at giving up quite as much. Um, but that didn't come to fruition, and that is that is what it is. It shows confidence, like you said earlier, about uh, them in trusting in the guys that they have on the roster, and that's something that's important. The concern looking down the rest of your depth chart is really that you have injury concerns with gains. You have other guys outside of Mitchell that are, let's say, young. <laughs> That's really the yeah. only way to do it. And if you're talking about maybe being without Nelson, maybe being without Mitchell for any reason, now you're talking about DJ White having to play against an offense that is not only complex, but very adept at scoping out what you're trying to do as a defense. So that makes a challenge in and of itself. But I think the bigger concern is that when you look at Steven Nelson and how his absence affects not what the defense can do in particular, but how they can do it. My absolute favorite aspect of Steven Nelson's game is, is his scrappiness. The fact that he can play aggressive and his strength yeah. at, particularly at the line of scrimmage, but even on throughout the route, he plays strong. And that's something you don't see from Philip Gaines. Philip Gaines is an athlete. He's not a particularly strong cover. He's going to get bumped around. He's going to get moved off the ball more than a receiver will. Uh, so that changes when you're doing things, you know, against guys like Amendola. That's that's a particular matchup that I'd be watching. But then also, when you talk about DJ White having to play uh, and Ken Acker having to play, and you're talking about Brandon Cooks being out there, that's almost the same kind of mismatch as you're going to see with Butler on Tariq Hill. Because Cooks is that kind of fast. He's not quite there, but he's quick. So that's really what I like because I like being able to muscle one of your better receivers, especially when you don't have Edelman. And that's something that Steven Nelson is really the best outside of Marcus Peters at doing. And so I think that really limits what they're going to be able to do. But they have to adapt. They have to disguise things better, particularly against this quarterback. You know, I think he's got a few games under his belt. So uh, I've, heard he's I've heard he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I've he's pretty, that's for sure. Yeah, well, cool. <laughs> Hey, and he's in his old age as well. He's still still got it going. So fair play to him. Do you know, somebody if I, said if I look that good at forty years old, way well, I'm doing all right in my life. I'll say that much. Dave, if somebody said to you uh, in your in your league, are oh, you going to be playing against a forty year old quarterback? You'd be like, yes, bring him on, wouldn't you? Yeah, but then if you mentioned that that forty year old quarterback happened to have won five Super Bowls and was called Tom Brady, I might worry a little bit more. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Well, um, we've obviously touched on the game slightly there. Let's let's really go into the uh, the, the, the Chiefs Patriots game. It's the opening the opening of the twenty seventeen season, and I just I've just been so looking forward to this. I know we're all really excited about it. Um, the game's on at one thirty in the morning over in the UK, which is uh, is it's going to be a fun for us. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were saying just off air though. I mean the. The, the adrenaline that's going to be going through, I'm going to be so wired. I don't even think I'm going to be able to sleep because, I, like I said, my ritual is I start, I, I sleep at 8 o'clock, set the alarms for about 
quarter past one-ish, something like that, and then I watch the game and then I grab a couple of hours afterwards, I don't think I can sleep through in that time. I'll be just so yeah. excited for it. You see, I, I get excited for opening weekend of the NFL regardless, but to be actually opening the NFL season is is really nice. Um, I It's never... It's not something I've ever seen happen uh, in my years supporting the Chiefs. I don't know if Ryan can be more accurate on when it last happened, if it ever has happened. But um, yeah, I'm so ecstatic I never bothered to look. (laughs) 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 Actually, I think they opened with the Patriots in 2008, but that was not the first game of this season. That was just the Chiefs' first game. So I don't know they've had such a stage, both in the opening week as well as as a season, in recent memory in, say, the last decade, where they're so prominently featured in primetime. This is really their opportunity, uh, and I think it'll be an interesting question to see how well this particular group of players steps up to being on that national stage. Yeah, um, it's been, I say, it's been sort of an issue, I think. It's been very hit and miss at, at oh. best um, in the last few years. We've... we've played some absolutely dreadful games in in prime time um against the likes of the the Packers and the Steelers but then you know we've gone and turned over the Patriots and um done the double over the the Raiders and the Broncos last year so it'll be interesting we can't afford to do what we've done against the likes of the the Titans and the the Chargers and come out the gate slow because we'll be in for a world of pain if we mm-hmm. do that on, on Thursday night. The The Patriots are far too good. Um, yeah, there'll be no heroic comeback. In no, Boston. most definitely not. Um, I say we need to get out and establish the run game early, take a little bit of the pressure off Smith because obviously you don't want to be getting behind and asking him to throw the ball around the yard. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. If we can get the first score on Thursday night, and as I say, just ease everyone into the game a little bit. It obviously bodes better for us. There could be a lot, though. There could be a lot resting on uh, Kareem Hunt's shoulders in this, couldn't there? Because, like you said, the the run game is going to be key in this. I've been talking about it all week. I think you're absolutely correct. That yeah. has to be established. And honestly, when you look at their defense... You, you have a couple of injuries. Um, they're not 100% on the defensive line, and they've mm-hmm. they've done very, very well at rotating players through. I mean, the magic of what Bill Belichick does in, in terms of bringing in players to replace others as they approach certain ages or performance levels. This D-line, I think, is probably the, their weak point, and being able to run between the tackles, which Hunt is definitely prepared for, uh, mm-hmm. I think that really plays into what the Chiefs want to do. It sets up the play action, lets them do everything else. The question is, will Andy call it that way? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you never quite know, do you? <laughs> uh, I mean, he, yeah, he he does have a tendency to outthink himself at times. So um, it'd be interesting, but yeah, um, I'm cautiously optimistic, shall we say. Just for me, there just seems to be a buzz around this year. Obviously, I know there's an extra sort of incentive for us guys going over this year and actually getting to see a game. But, you know, as Ryan touched on with being in prime time, like, you know, we've got six prime time games this year. Mm-hmm. There just yeah. seems to be that much more of a buzz around the Chiefs. Yeah, we're finding that a lot with the uh, the punditry going on as well, on the even on NFL Network. I've never known so much talk about the Chiefs before I mean a lot of it is about 
the you know the gunslinger that we've we've drafted and that. But you know they are mentioning Tyreek Hill, they are mentioning Marcus Peters, um, you know Travis Kelsey. You know they're they like I said it's all these kind of flare players that all of a sudden we seem to have just had these players emerge, and uh, it's it's given us that fashionable feel in a way and I always say about these fashionable teams you know over in the UK there's always the fashionable teams of you know like the Raiders the the, the Cowboys the even the 49ers were a fashionable team that they still have a good following over here um, so success is not a, a measurable quantity for you well exactly <laughs> yeah but you know whenever anybody gets into it um, at a late stage like you know even like I did um, you know a lot of people always think about the Dallas Cowboys first and you know any other team after that that's been successful recently, like the the, the Denver Broncos and the, and the Patriots. So Seahawks. to get that kind of look in now, where we've got the first game of the season, and they're going to see exactly what this Chiefs team. Because people talk about the Chiefs and they don't understand what kind of team we have, um, and I think they're going to get a real good look at this. But Ryan, how do we how do we beat the Patriots? How do we do it? What's the key, man? Well, for me, it comes down, the number one thing is a guy that we haven't mentioned yet, and I think really should be in that last conversation about these the star players that can turn a football game. And I'm always a guy who thinks defense first, and I think the number one player that if he shows up with his A game that can change this game is Justin Houston. Yeah. The mm-hmm. clear thing that you have to do with Tom Brady is move him off his spot whether with outside pressure or or somebody quick on the inside like R&R or Chris Jones, but you have to move him. He His release is so fast to begin with. If he's able to just smoothly deliver it, you're in trouble. And so I think while the, the back end is great and there's obviously going to be one hole that is obviously going to be a big target over there on the right side of the defense, having Justin Houston be able to play, as he says, at 100% uh, is definitely an option for a game changer on the Chiefs side of the ball. I think that's the key point there as well, at 100%. Um, you know, when was the last time he was 100%? Um, at least because, two seasons ago. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when he is at 100%, he is just unstoppable. You know, he just gives tackles nightmares. Um, well, the same is um, very healthy now. Well, yeah, I mean, could have it. the thing was, is, you know, just look how he dismantled Denver's atrocious O-line, not even totally <laughs> healthy <laughs> last year. Poor Simeon. So, <laughs> yeah, if he is anywhere, you know, if he is 100%, as he, he says, the, uh, you know, the NFL better watch out this year because he, he could be pushing on for that sack total again. Well, what about D Ford, though? Because, I mean, he's improved steadily over the over the course of time hasn't he really um has he is, is there some crazy stat where he's doubled his his sacks over the course of a season or something uh, over the course of a few seasons he's doubled it every time so he got what did he get 10 was it last season mm-hmm. 10 and a half something like and that. he's been working hard and he's had a great off season in terms of working with people who can further yeah. his ability and chuck smith uh, a pass rush specialist uh mm-hmm. that coaches von miller as well uh he spent time with von miller and khalil mack and a, and a number of other pass rushers at kind of a uh, pass rush summit that von miller sets up in the off season I, I found that really interesting that he was included in that uh the mm-hmm. three three from this division that really could come along but again i think houston provides that bookend that if houston is even 90% of himself, you're looking at having to 
shift your protection, make sure you're chipping with your running back to Houston's side, which opens things up for D Ford. I think as long as they're on the field together, you could see D Ford have a career year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say I think you, you'll see them the play off each other because you you can't unless you're willing to you know run seven man protections you're going to really struggle to block both of those those guys a lot of the time. Um, the other player that I, we haven't really touched on is, uh, who I think will be very instrumental in this, is um, Travis Kelsey. Um, if Smith isn't going wide, Kelsey's the man, isn't he? And uh, he's he's going to have that help this time because he's got the speedster uh, as a wide receiver that, that could draw away some of, them, uh, some of those safeties. Um, how do you guys see that? Do you think Do you think Kelsey is going to have a big year this year? I mean, it's Kelsey versus Gronk, uh, Gronk, isn't it? Really, it's a wonderful matchup for Week One, isn't it? The two best oh, tight ends yeah. in yeah. this league. Yeah, honestly, I think Kelsey is in for a big year. I think this game in particular is going to be a little bit tough for him because of the fact that Belichick and Patricia are so good at scheming and taking your best players away. I would look for them to try and keep some separation between Hill and Kelsey so that they can't easily be zoned up together and have extra defenders on the same side of the field. And that's going to be key because for the Patriots, if they can take those two away, that really limits the Chiefs' offense. But having to choose between the two, I think they would probably lean towards Kelsey because of what they've seen him do to them in the past, especially that primetime game we talked about a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really opens up the possibility and, and really the necessity for Tariq Hill to use his speed to get downfield. And then it becomes a question of whether Alex Smith can take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I also think it gives Demetrius Harris an opportunity to hopefully build off what seemed like a solid preseason because... He's been catching, hasn't he? Well, the thing is, especially if they're going to bracket a guy like Kelsey on one side, if you can run those two tight end sets and leave Demetrius Harris, you know, one-on-one with a linebacker, Mm -hmm. we know he's got the athleticism to to beat guys like that. It's just consistency has always been the issue for him. um, I'll just back up a little bit there from what uh, what Ryan said there. um, Obviously, the the Kelsey... um, the Kelsey and Hill kind of situation which one would uh, the Patriots cover the most cover first and quite rarely I, I think I agree with you there they would they would cover Kelsey more because of the short range threat that Alex Smith's got and that brings me on to oh, no. here we go <laughs> uh, you know that. <laughs> this I mean, brings was, up <laughs> when, you're, when you're trying to go as tedious as you were with that link I was like where's he going with this and now where's he going with this where's he going it's dawned on me I'm working exactly on it. Where he's gone with this? <laughs> <laughs> so the short range threat that uh, that that Smith's got, and wait, we've... wait, can we just can we just go back on this frame, uh, <laughs> phrase for a second? The, the short range threat, like what 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 is this supposed to be? Like what what is a a short range threat? But... A short range threat is uh, we're not going to see Smith going long all the time to uh, to Hill, are we? Let's be honest. I mean, no, but I, I he's shown willingness to take shots when it it's there. Yeah, he's not gonna force anything downfield, but yeah, it's it's not totally who, out of the. His... Who would force the ball downfield? 
<laughs> no one that's going to see this field. Yeah, I was going to say. Someone that's going to be sat on the bench. And, you know, and I beg to differ. If you go back to look, particularly at the New Orleans game last season, maybe Tariq Hill's best catch of the season was a ball where he was covered the majority of the time. Yeah, that, I'll I'll give you that actually. Yeah, I mean that was a misthrow by Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Happenstance to success. <laughs> no, I know I'm I am being a bit too harsh on Smith here, but um, there is there is this massive divide that's built up over preseason, hasn't there? Between uh, are you in the Smith camp? Are you in the Mahomes camp? Um, there's there's this real kind of entrenched feel. Uh, between Chiefs fans at the minute, and I went, I literally lost it. I went nuts we went on, on Twitter. A little Twitter rant, didn't we? Brad? I did, yeah, I did. I, I did a bit of a Harley rant um, where I just thought, Do you know what, I've had enough. I'm gonna say it. This kid is special. I want to see him more. I want to see him on the field, um, regardless of this this footwork issue that people seem to raise up on all the time. I kept asking the question, what can he? What can he do? That Smith can't do, or just the other way around, or something like that. You know, what is is what is keeping Smith in that position in that in that team? I it's go please. I, well, you see, I was going to say what's keeping Smith in that position at the minute is that you know they don't want to rush Mahomes. I don't think it's <laughs> anything other than that. If they thought Mahomes was ready, I I honestly think they would put him in there, but. They clearly don't think he's ready. Um, but this is my frustration, you see, because I, I see the rest of the team looks ready. It's as ready as it's ever been. And then we're going to sit one of the probably the most exciting quarterbacks we've we've drafted. And the most I just exciting feel... quarterback. We haven't drafted a first-round quarterback since... 1983, wasn't it? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean... You know, there's there's not been much to get excited about at the quarterback position. <laughs> I know, for but a I, just, I just don't want this to be frittered away. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I kind of got that wave of of feeling that thinking, is this our chance to to really have this team? The team looks set, like I said, as best as it could be. Are we just gonna now limit that with having Alex Smith in there? Ryan, Ryan's tramping at the bit here, isn't he? To really, I'm, I'm, <laughs> to really I'm knock all this to down. Stay respectful of the host of this show. <laughs> <laughs> You're just but I've wrong. heard this argument a lot, especially in my timeline. And and I, I see where you're going, and there is a certain amount, uh, I recognize that there's a certain amount of intensity, especially when you look on the other side of the ball, when you have aging veterans like Tom Bahali and Derek Johnson, and even mm-hmm. Eric Berry to a certain extent, because yes, while he signed a long-term contract, you know, at 30 years old, you're still mm-hmm. looking at, you know, the backside of your career in terms of years. But at the same time, the kid's 23 years old. You're not putting anything off in terms of the quarterback development <laughs> until <laughs> later. But I, I think the key is, and, and this is what I, I tell everybody who asks me this question, because I'm, I'm for good football. I'm not in either camp. If it needs to be a downfield passer, then put him in. That's fine. I, I'm not going to say either way what I prefer, but I will tell you this. In terms of the pre-snap prowess, Mahomes is not ready to compete with Alex Smith in determining defenses, in understanding where to go with the ball that is not just a good play, but is also less risk and allows them for yards after catch. I think everything after the snap Mahomes has the advantage in. 
because what we've seen and like you said the footwork that was one of my complaints pre-draft because when I see the way he functions in terms of of his footwork it's one thing in college but to face NFL pressure you know I was concerned that he wouldn't be able to replicate that but we've seen him when pressured be able to to complete passes with as much accuracy and as much strength uh, as he ever has and so again I think after the snap he's light years ahead but he has not seen in the preseason anything like a complex NFL regular season defense and I think that's really the key no, I, the reason I think uh, the reason I think Mahomes uh, would would still do a stellar job, would still do a really good job, even at this time, I still think he is at the level what Smith is. Um, and I think now, you're wrong. I, 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 can, I can hear people going, <laughs> "Ooh, really?" Um, I, I Smith's stats aren't impressive, and I know I'm, I'm doing this this thing where I'm looking at stats and I'm looking at it. I actually compared. Uh, you know when uh, Stafford, Matt Stafford, got his um, his, his big payday uh, for the Lions, and well I thought, deserved. let's have a look. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And I looked at that and I thought, let's have a look where that money's going. Where you know why is he getting that big books mega deal kind of thing? Um, why is he getting that and Smith isn't? And you can clearly see there's a gulf there. And I didn't think, I honestly didn't think there was that big a gulf between Stafford and Smith. Oh, I mean Stafford Stats-wise. last year. Stafford last year was. On MVP pace until yeah. he he hurt his was it his pinky finger on his throwing hand, I think. Um, I've no idea. But Might yeah, his pinky he, toe. Pinky toe. <laughs> obviously, we know what Smith's limitations are. We have known what Smith's limitations are for a few years. Um, we knew that when we signed him. We've known that every season he's played since that point, and obviously we've looked to address that because we have drafted the guy that we are gonna. I guess gamble our future on mm-hmm. just look at one of the best well for me I would say the best current QB in the league right now Aaron Rodgers you know he he yeah. sat for a few years and learnt behind obviously another excellent <laughs> QB in, in Brett Favre um, and I say I, I think obviously the benefit to him was was massive so yeah I, I just don't necessarily see the need to rush it is, right now uh, on the flip side of that though you still have a lot of um, first round quarterbacks that have started in the rookie season and have gone on to big things yeah Pitt but Manning's you also see a lot of you know rookie QBs that play and struggle and obviously then never turn out to be possibly the player they could have been because they got rushed in there too soon yeah but this um, is Patrick Mahomes <laughs> 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 he's got an S on his chest you know well and that's the thing is all the historical references aside I think that's really the, the, the key he is a bit unique and he does have to do his own thing and I will defend you for a second Brett <laughs> just for a second I, just for a second I'm not going the full nine yards but it's humoring me. That's what it is. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not even that because I, I understand where you're coming from and from people that I've talked to that, that talk to the organization and have seen how they feel about his progress as they are pleasantly surprised that he's ahead of where they expected him to be. And so that gives me reason to think that once he sees film and is consulting with Smith on what he's seeing on the field from a regular season defense that's truly coming after them to win, I think that will speed his progress a little bit. And I would not be surprised if he is mentally ready before the end of this season. And maybe that becomes more of a debate later, should Smith struggle at all and that kind of thing. And, and maybe there is 
a point in 2017 where it becomes more of the better choice to go with the rookie. Uh, I won't rule that out. And especially, mm-hmm. should Smith get hurt, I feel much better about where they are with him coming in today than I did mm-hmm. even before training camp started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing, as I say, like, it would be a horrible case of deja vu for Smith if he were to get injured and get supplanted by the rookie quarterback halfway <laughs> right. through the season again. Can you imagine? Yeah. He'd, he'd be having nightmares for weeks if that happened again. So, oh. well, I, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with, with what people are saying as well, that Mahomes is probably keeping Smith on his toes. And we, we're probably going to see, we're probably at the, the start of something, you know, of Smith's probably greatest season. I mean, for me, his greatest season so far has been 2015. Um, for a Chiefs, I mean, for Chiefs. Oh yeah, for the Chiefs. But yeah. as I say, for me, the, his greatest season and his best season statistically was the season he played where for the Forty Nines up until yeah. he got injured. I mean, but, what was that game he had against? Was it the Rams or the Cardinals or something where he started like nearly put? He missed like one pass and it was a drop pass and he yeah. was like perfect in the entire first half. Um. So yeah, hopefully that that pressure of a rookie QB will you know push Smith on a little bit as well. Um, but as I say, Smith's a vet. Smith's been around the block. He's obviously been in this exact situation before, so yeah. he he knows what's expected of him in the scheme and what Reed expects of him. And yeah, I say I think he he'll be probably the the calmest man in in the building. Yeah, he's. Is the comfort blanket? Uh, that's what. That's kind of what I got from uh, you know people chatting with me on on Twitter. It, Smith Smith is the comfort blanket in the Chiefs, isn't he? It, 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 people seem very secure with him starting. It's it's no risk. You've seen it before. You know where he's going. What he's isn't isn't capable of. And I, I agree yeah. with you there. Uh, they assume that the changes to the offense, that the new talent, is going to be what drives forward progress because you know what you have in him and he's steady and I think people most covet his lack of, of risk taking mm-hmm. yeah right we'll move on I think <laughs> we'll move on from this <laughs> I, I will say this though the feet on this now, no no no, no I will say this though Michael Vick uh, I watched an interview with him with um, was it on the Herd show or something um, where he said he's never seen anything like Mahomes and for a player like that, you've got to let a lion roar. And I, that's just stuck in my head. I just thought, you know what? That's a really good quote, that. Yeah, change him to a point, but just just let him have his fundamentals. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. After this season, or whatever point that he does come in and play for the Chiefs, he's going to be fun to watch. And I know yeah. that much. Right. Well, we'll leave that at that then. <laughs> um What's the uh, what's what's the buzz around uh, KC at the minute, uh, Ryan? I, obviously, you, you're you're the guy in the states at the minute. Is is this team filling everybody full of confidence over there now? Cautious optimism is what I would cautious call it. optimism. You know, <laughs> we never say before. win now, do we? We never say win now. We never say it. <laughs> it's it's kind of a foreign concept, right? Yeah, well, yeah, we always say, oh, it's our year, but, you know, do, do we mean it? Or, you know, is it, is it like you said, is it cautious optimism that, you know, um, it, it, it could be a special year for us? We've we've dissected it a lot this, uh, you know, building up to the, the start of the season that, that 
this season's a tough season, isn't it? Um, we have a few. We have, we get the Patriots out of the way. We get a couple of games where it's um, you know the, not necessarily big teams, but there's a few banana skins that we we've got in, in the way there. And then we've got a big chunk of huge games. You know, you got the Cowboys, you got the Raiders, you got the Broncos. Um, I think the Giants is after that uh, um, after the break, isn't it as well? Um, it's just going to be a. a I think it's going to be a roller coaster roller coaster season, um, but I think we might have the edge for this AFC West again. Honestly, I I, I can't remember there being this much buzz around the Chiefs ever. That you know, as long as I've been been watching them, you know, we've we've had explosive offensive teams before. We've had you know incredibly strong defensive teams before, but I don't think we've ever had you know a, a a combination of the two at the same time that's made you know the f- the fan base as a whole feel as confident about the roster from back to front like like people do now mm-hmm. i completely agree with you this is this is a team that they can point to and even those of us who, who, who try to pick it apart there's there's only a few little places where you think okay that's a weakness they have to to scheme around that and luckily with a coach like reed scheming around your weaknesses is something that he is an expert at and that gives you just that little bit more that eventually that will get taken care of and that they're able to take a step forward i mean we have to remember this is a team uh, with all its flaws last season still won 12 games so i think enthusiasm is justified definitely definitely right uh predictions then I think we'll uh, we'll leave it at that, and we'll have the uh, predictions. Uh, we had our prediction show before me and Dave, but uh, Ryan, what are you thinking? What are you thinking the uh, the Chiefs going to do in this game? You know, I've I've gone back and forth and back and forth. I've <laughs> talked <laughs> to a lot of people, and I try to be a realist. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not one to just blow smoke for the sake of doing it. But uh, as I look at what the difference with Edelman out of this game does for them. Uh, as long mm-hmm. as they can contain long speed, I think the defense comes out in, in a good situation with that secondary. Like we talked about earlier, I think pressure makes the difference. Mm-hmm. I like Kareem Hunt, and it, <laughs> for anybody who's talked to me before, I want the run game to become more prominent. I think yeah, I possibly agree. in this situation it needs to. Um, so I'm confident, and, and I feel at the end of the night, uh, an explosive night when this team I think will play up to expectations – I see the Chiefs coming out on top, 27-24. Um, Dave, I can't remember what you said the, the score was going to be, but um, did you go for a Chiefs win? No. Or was that me? Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that might have been I, me. I, I'm similar to Ryan on this. I've flopped back and forth for weeks over this game. Um, for me, it really is a coin toss. I think I said yesterday I predicted the Patriots to win 24-21. So I'm gonna, you know, be a man of my word and stick to that. But it could go either way. I think I uh, chose the same score as Ryan. Actually, believe it or not, I think I went twenty-seven, twenty-four on the uh, our heads abroad website. I could be wrong, but I, de- I definitely had it as a close game. So uh, yeah, Great I, minds. so there's so there's two of us there going for Chiefs. There's uh, there's one slightly doubtful one <laughs> in Div. I think, uh, I think we can all bit. agree that it's going to be close regardless yeah. of what happens yeah. it'll be close either in either team's direction yeah right then I think uh, I think that's it for this week's podcast uh, so thanks again 
Ryan, you've been uh, you've been an absolute star standing in for Tom. Um, we might get you on next week as well, actually, uh, when Tom's even here. Well, thank you for <laughs> <having> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> just to... I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, we'll just kick Tom out. He'll be all right. He'll be all right about it. Um, but thanks very much for time for for obviously taking time out of your busy schedule uh, and giving us uh, your your thoughts on the Chiefs this week. Uh, also, thanks to Dave as well. Um, he's I think his head's obviously uh, cleared up a bit now. He seems to have put a, a few few sentences together which i obviously can't um so <laughs> so uh yeah thanks everyone keep a lookout for the uh, for the next podcast we'll be giving our thoughts on the aftermath of the chiefs patriots game and we'll leave you with this we are just three weeks away from our trip to our head oh yeah <laughs> all right have a good one guys and we'll speak to you again soon